Is there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, the pinwheel of death. Seriously though, a dull blade is bad. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can be better versions of ourselves. Better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. There's no script for how to help a struggling teenager. To paraphrase the 17th century Scottish poet Robert Burns, the best laid plans of mice and men often go wrong. Or as the late 20th century American philosopher Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Whetstone Boys Ranch can't tell you exactly what to do when your son or daughter is spiraling out of control. We can, however, provide some good guidance that will keep you from doing the same. And it starts with a good old-fashioned movie night. It all starts with the cinematic masterpiece, Nacho Libre. So sit back and enjoy a conversation about how a joyful heart, in the midst of all the chaos of raising kids, is truly good medicine. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. I am Axel Limina. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon Maxwell. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, We're here to talk to you today about something very near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think this is a more of the serious tone, even though it's our third one, it's, it's going to be a serious one. Yeah, this is, we're going to, this is deep dive stuff right here, deep dive into a film that um, you may have seen called Nacho Libre, Nacho Libre. And uh, if you're not familiar with Nacho, Get familiar. <laughs> Get familiar. Stop <laughs> listening to this right now. Go, go out it. and watch the movie. And uh, it's, it's a, a great time. Lots of laughs. And uh, a sweet, sweet film in the end uh, with, a, with a very upbeat message. And more important than that to Whetstone is that it's become a, a reference point. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say it was a classic. Well, Not yeah, that classic. goes without saying. Okay, it's a classic. Sure. But in terms of the Whetstone history and tradition and the work we do with the boys who live with us for 6 to 12 months, it comes up frequently. Yes. Uh, because we just have lots of go-to lines from Nacho Libre. In fact, Brandon, just last evening, hosted a Nacho Libre viewing party. You want to tell us how that went? Well, it kind of speaks to just the the timelessness of the movie. I don't know what year it came out. You probably have a better idea of that than me. I mean, Circa what is it, early 2011? 2000... It was before was it before Whetstone that it came out? It might have been. I think it was. No, it was it, yeah, like it was. 2008 or something like that. Needless to say, most of our boys <laughs> weren't even born yet uh, that, that we work with now. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. But, so I say that, that one of the boys had kept bugging me he's like man can we go to your house and watch nacho libre please and the kid's 14 13 14 mm-hmm. years old and so it's a he's timeless, never seen it he's never seen, he's never it. seen well, it well he I'm trying to remember yeah he had seen it once 
So, but it was obviously not enough. I mean, you. I mean, one not enough. One Nacho Libre viewing is definitely not enough. You're just getting. It's like taking one there. sip of coffee. Yeah, I mean, you can only get like maybe six or seven quotes from the movie from a one-time viewing. So, mm-hmm. it's a good to really be able to pull a Nacho quote and infuse it with virtually every life situation. Right. It's Seamless, a good seamlessly. Like, Ten or twelve viewings, yeah. I think. So, anyway, the boys are well on their way. We had another viewing last night, and it was a good time. They had a lot of laughs, and so we. It was actually good for us because Laura and I. We kind of. It's been a while since we've had boys at our house. We've had just kind of an interesting season with her being sick, and then our kids being sick, and then pregnant, and then new baby. Well, your kids and, weren't pregnant. And no, no. Right. Think, Laura was pregnant. <laughs> the way you said it there. So. Oh, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me back up. My wife was pregnant for the sixth time. But, yeah, it was just it was just not a great time Wait, to have. Wait, make sure everyone heard you oh. correctly. You said no. for the sixth time? Uh, the sixth? So that is sixth. Uh, so this yeah, is like six kids living in your house. Six kids. Not not the Wetzel Along boys. with three boys. <laughs> so yeah, so last had... night we had six of our own kids uh-huh. and three boys from the ranch. And the two of you, so that made a lot of And so yeah, there was a lively household mm-hmm. last night. So, But it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed having boys back over to the house. It's something that we try to do on a fairly regular basis and between all of the staff at the ranch the boys go home you've had boys home uh countless yeah, we, times we call it limita lodge limita lodge limita lodge there's right. casa de newell which yes. is named after our headmaster gabe newell gabe newell yours do you have a name for yours um we don't we maybe yeah. we should come up with that yeah so That's the boys like the names mm-hmm. so but yeah it was good to get them back over there and our kids always love having the boys over there and meeting the new boys that are that come through and it's just good for them to be able to see how the different families operate i think that's another thing for uh, that the boys get while they're here is just to see how our families operate and see see us and our elements and sometimes if, uh, if i'm correct when the original idea for whetstone kind of came came about back in early late 90s right like in 1990 your business <laughs> yeah uh and when you kind of came on board a few years after that the the idea was that pretty much everyone working here would would live with a few boys right and there would it would be a house parent model yeah it hasn't kind of turned out that way exactly and we've had to try it on a, a couple different sizes for how to do life 24 7 with struggling boys but uh, and you were house parent actually here at Whetstone, right? For three years, uh, about two, two. Felt like felt like thirty. <laughs> felt exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. It was that was the original idea that we thought mm-hmm. we would have. You know, at least the three families that started that we would have boys living with us, uh, two to four boys living with us, and then. Uh, obviously things have changed a little bit uh, over the years and just uh, with different looking at different models and just the way things have progressed but the element the the point is just trying to get boys around solid families and and maybe they've come from families that argue all the time and there's a lot of dissension in the home and there's a lot of brokenness we hope to at least model for them that you know what families we're not perfect but 
families can function in a loving manner and we can have fun and talk to each other respectfully and not always try to be uh, having a argumentative environment. Right. So I think that's healthy for our boys to see that. Right. Yeah. And uh, just to kind of give a, a bird's eye view of, of the boys that we have and of the program that we have and where they come from, you know, up to half of our boys at any one time maybe um, coming from an adoption situation, maybe from a foster care situation. Uh, they're currently usually in some type of stable family where um, there's, there's some structure and there's, there's protection and there's, there's nurturing um, and there's, there's guys attempts at guidance, but everything's kind of broken. And so uh, what we're trying to do is to give them some time away from their families to figure some stuff out, give the families time to, to get some counseling uh, both from the counselors that we have here and from family intensives that and intensives that we host here and but also back home and to find a network there of support to kind of work through the problems yeah um, but that that wasn't the purpose last night I was gonna I mean, say and some of that I mean much more lighthearted last night right let's get down to the nitty-gritty nitty of what this yeah. podcast number is one to be about Let's count the number of nacho quotes we can okay. in this one. <laughs> You're welcome. The nitty gritty. So we are. Should we introduce the the verse that we want to talk about for this podcast? Or well, was there well I wanted to hear how it went. You haven't told me oh. yet how it went. Like the the oh, viewing okay. party. The, the, the actual the boys. Yeah. The, the, do you want like to go soon? We start from the dinner or just from the actual Yeah, paint the, paint the picture uh, for me. Okay. How, how did it go down? Well, we went home and uh, it was a beautiful night, actually. Mm -hmm. It was like finally we got some 60 degree weather with some sunshine. And the whole way there, the boys kept every house we'd pass. Is that your house? Is that your house? <laughs> right. Is this one? Is that your shack? It's like <laughs> my shack's a little bit bigger, but not yeah. much. <laughs> so. Anyway, we got there and we I showed them. You don't the, have a Camaro on blocks in no, your front yard. I I do have a trailer out there, oh, but okay. it's a travel trailer. It's yeah. like a camper. Okay. So, and it does have a tarp on it, <laughs> but it doesn't look too shabby. Yeah. So it's not too Ozarky. Right. But but yeah, we played around outside mm -hmm. for a little bit. Enjoyed the hour before it got dark. Hit a few golf balls in the yard, mm -hmm. and showed them the treehouse. So we kind of did a gave little zip line. I saw some pictures. Did the, the zip, zip line, line and mm -hmm. one of the boys got to ride the little uh, springy horse thingy. Yeah, well, so. for for those of you who don't know, uh, Brandon has a degree in uh, construction management and spent quite a few years in that business, building uh, you know high end department stores and things of that nature. Uh, so his his treehouse is. Not your normal tree house that's just stuck together with two by fours. I mean, this thing looks like something out of Better Homes and Garden. Um, Architectural Digest will probably interview him someday about yeah Ozark um, our architecture. So it's really nice. So the guys got to enjoy that in the zip line. And uh, what you guys eat? So yeah, we had spaghetti. Mm -hmm. Always a crowd over pleaser. a bed of spinach. Mm -hmm. Boy, most of the boys ate the spinach. Couldn't we had get like good. a salad or something? <laughs> yeah, there's two. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, I said, boys, uh, be grateful. Mm -hmm. Tonight's meal is especially it's delicious. delicious. <laughs> and so yeah, we we were gonna play Farkle, mm -hmm. and my my son has been really into Farkle lately. If 
you haven't played Farkle, it's kind of Yahtzee-esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a dice game with six dice. But, you know, by the time we got done with dinner and the kids were playing around, their fours a little bit and through the house. So, again, 11 people in the house and... Mm-hmm. Eight of them are trying to play Nerf Wars. <laughs> a little right. bit of chaos going yeah. on. <laughs> so, anyways, I had to... Uh, actually, I just said a quote. Anyways. Didn't anyways. Know about it. We, so we shut it down in order to get the movie in before the boys had to come back. So started in on the movie about 7.45. And, mm-hmm. and at that point, it was... Man, it was just uh, all business. I mean, when you yeah. got Nacho on, it's like all hands right. on deck. You got to, it's all phone on silent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's focus on the monastery. So, yeah. so yeah, it was, we had a lot Good. of laughs and our, our kids were enjoying it and laughing at the boys laughing. And so it just was, it was good to just be able to unplug you know, from us, just from maybe normal family routine and the boys from their normal routine and do something together that is fun, enjoy the evening and just share right. some laughs. You know, there's just being able to not take yourself too seriously. And yeah. it's important, you know, to be able well, to... Well, that's a good point you, know. you make. I mean, we're, it's not a one-way thing, like working with with boys and young people. It's like right. you you get... As much as you give, sometimes yeah. sometimes more, um, from from their insight and their their friendship and what they what they bring to the table. So, yeah, you know that's something. Just us internally as a family, Laura and I have talked about. We just want to be, and it's actually from we want to be more hospitable, mm. and we've talked about that in the past. But it was actually your mother in law June who actually spoke at a woman's thing at church and she spoke mm-hmm. on hospitality and yeah. the importance of that. And that actually was an inspiration more or reminded Laura more that, yes, we've talked about that and I want, we want to do that more. And so right. it takes work though. Hospitality takes work. And if yeah. some people are more bent that way than others, and if you're not, then it takes even more work yeah. to do that. And some people it's just exhausting, but every time you kind of push through that, and you have people over to your home and you share a meal together, whether it's boys from the the ranch or somebody from church or, or your neighbors. I mean, you all we always feel, and I think most people that do that, they feel blessed by that. And they're glad that they push through that fear or whatever it is of like, I don't want people to see my house the way it is. Right. Or it just, I think God calls us to do that and that's why hospitality is so important yeah and it's not about you yeah um it's just so many good conversations something i learned from from june my mother-in-law you mentioned june creasy who um lives with us now in the ozarks we we built a she built onto uh our cabin and has just a beautiful speaking of architectural digest that place is yes pretty sweet um her her bungalow if we can call it that and um she speaks of etiquette and of how what etiquette is putting other people at ease. Sometimes we think of etiquette as a way to create a barrier to keep people out. Like, oh, well, you don't know how to hold your fork or you don't know where your glass goes and everything like that. It's not about that. What, what it's about is putting things in a certain place in order so that everyone can get along better. And if someone doesn't know the rules, etiquette always takes precedent and says, don't make them feel um, unwelcome. You yeah. can work around that stuff. That's the number one rule, is to put other people at ease. 
Um, so that I didn't realize that the first time I went to visit her. All mm. I knew was that my mother, my potential mother-in-law, yeah. taught etiquette and was a home economist, and it was a little intimidating visiting their home for the first time <laughs> on Thanksgiving. That. Home economist. That used to be yeah. a class. <laughs> Home economics. Good life or consumer sciences. It's had many names over the years, but um, I'm not sure what it's called now. But well, now that I think about it, didn't she teach some classes for the boys here? She did. Yep. She taught at Lambeth University for 20, 30 years, and then when she moved here, she's taught some classes to the boys and had that thing at church uh, a month or two ago. So yeah, I forgot that we we did some. Our kids get lessons at the dinner table sometimes. Oh yeah, but they they need that. that. (laughs) They need that. Um, Yes. So yeah, so putting people at other eat, putting people at ease, having people in your home, laughter, kind of leads into the the Bible verse that that we wanted to talk about this week. It's from Proverbs. 1722 and it says a joyful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones a joyful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones and we thought that fit along nicely with with nacho libre and of of the importance of laughter most things and line up nice with nacho yeah i mean it's a it's a microcosm (laughs) it's pretty dang exciting yeah and uh, that just being together and laughing and and uh, taking the edge off things in a healthy way is uh, is really an important skill. Something that we're trying to pass along to the boys during their their time that they're with us. Let's watch a good movie, a wholesome movie. You know, something that that allows you to laugh and and let go of your cares for the moment at least. Um, we have to do that. I mean, there's some heavy stuff that goes on here at the ranch, and it's not all joy and laughter and fun times and tootsie pops and (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's really easy to take ourselves too serious especially when like you mentioned we are working with severe trauma and loss on in a lot of situations and, and brokenness and hurt and and all that stuff is real and day in and day out it's some days are i guess more real or or more we get into some of that more than others, but it's just when you're dealing with people's families and and hurt and struggle, it's it is hard. And we talk about that secondary trauma, and so you you have to have that piece of not taking yourself too seriously, and you got to have a humor. And and God has put humor in our lives, I think, for for that situation, and it's really. Uh, it's medicine. Interest, it's medicine, mm-hmm. like like it says. Yeah, and yeah. it just is something that you can relate with the boys with. Like we said, like to, that's a timeless movie. And there's plenty of other timeless movies that kind of cross the generational barriers in order to connect with and laugh about mm-hmm. and not take ourselves too seriously and be able to use that as a, a method to connect uh, relationally with yeah. you guys. It's actually a, a high-level coping technique, too, to uh, the way to deal with a bad stuff. is You don't necessarily turn... You shouldn't turn everything into a joke, right? I mean, that's not healthy, but it is a way to kind of get through something, you know? Maybe we use a phrase sometimes, um, not original with us, but it's, it's a good place to go, not a good place to stay. So humor can be a very good place to go sometimes when you're trying to make it through something. Um, 
you don't want to stay there always and just make light of your problems and say, well, someone else has it worse or uh, it wasn't that bad. You don't want to minimize your struggles or other people's struggles through humor. But uh, it is helpful in in the short term. And then in the grand scheme of things, uh, with perspective in the long term as well. Yeah. You know. Well, I think the if you look at, I don't know the stats on the number of comedians, but I know there's a handful of comedians that have pretty dark paths hmm. and have struggled with things through, you know, whatever their situation is. But humor, they've kind of, the comedy has come out of their way of dealing with that, those hurts and those those pains. And there's, like you said, yeah. there's there's a balance that you can't stay there. But it is a coping mechanism that that works a lot of times, and it is something that is a way that people just deal with. It's a, re- it's a reframe. Yeah. Use that term, reframe, to to zoom out, to zoom in, to find another way of looking at it, to switch your paradigm, um, um, change the way that you think about something. You know, uh, and humor is is one just really good way to do that. Um, one thing that, uh, by the way, you used switch your paradigm. That's kind yeah. of like like pivot. That's oh, like, is that is that a cliche that's, that's too? A cliche paradigm paradigm shift, shift. Like business jargon. Oh man, I've but been sorry. using that one for a long time. <laughs> I was using that before it was a cliche. So I'm, I'm <laughs> grandfathered in. The I'm grandfathered in there with that go. one. But <laughs> one of the things that it's you when we talk about our training with our employees here and just how like we do TCI training, therapeutic crisis intervention and youth. And you said reframe Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, as it ties into humor, a lot of times is a technique that we can use with boys to reframe or redirect a situation. Or sometimes you're using Mm. just like if a kid's blowing up and he's really struggling and you have a humor connection or you have a movie that you guys talk about that you like, sometimes you can use a quote or inject that humor into the situation yeah. to take some of the the pressure diffuse. off the situation, diffuse yeah. the situation mm-hmm. and reframe it in a way that it's like more light. This like, hey, I see you, I understand, but let's not make it more of an issue than it is. And right. a lot of times that can... That can help kind of diffuse situations and get them back to a baseline level to where you can then have more of a logical conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's let's figure out what happened here. Right. So. Yeah, and along those um, same lines, I was um, thinking. I lost my train of thought. Just totally went out of my head. I was going to say something like really good, and then it just disappeared. Were you thinking about <laughs> Ramses and, the, and no. the Lucha Libre? <laughs> no, but I know what I was. I was going to ask you: is is there any time in Nacho when when humor defuses a situation, when things are about to like get get sketchy, you know, and someone is able to insert uh, some humor to try to uh, keep well, things from getting too too bad? <laughs> the the reason that movie is funny is because I don't think Nacho there's nothing that comes to my mind where Nacho or Jack Black uses humor to diffuse situations but it is so humorous how serious he takes his wrestling endeavors in Mm -hmm. situations that 
become like humorous because they're yeah you know they want to be we must go pro you know they're trying to go, go pro and they're doing whatever it takes to get into this party mm-hmm. you know and it's just like escaletto they, he he lifts him over that fence and he's like man what about me help me get in he's like i yeah. can't lift you you're too fat <laughs> you know or or like when he sings the song in the locker room how seriously he did yeah he was out in the wilderness and he was just like there was a song that I, I wrote for <laughs> Encarnacion while I was in the desert. You want to hear it? <laughs> and so he just goes into this little two-minute, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. nacho song. You want to sing it for us? Way. You want to sing it for us? Uh, <laughs> Are you feeling it. saucy? <laughs> when the fantasy has ended. Sing it. No, the children are gone. Something good inside me helps me to carry on. I ate some bugs. I ate some grass. I used my hand to wipe my tears, to kiss your mouth. I break my vows. No, 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 no way, Jose. But if you want to, we can break our vows together. Do little, do little, do little. I could keep going. Oh, that's good. That's great. I wish you guys could have seen it because he was doing all of the facial expressions and the hand motions and everything. So, (laughs) well, that comes from uh, probably twenty views. When you get to twenty, you're twenty. You can, I don't know. I don't know that anyone song. can get to that level, Brandon. I mean, <laughs> you've sung that song for us many times over the years, but probably shouldn't have. That's good. It. Well, I mean, speaking was. of like de-escalation and defusing and things, I mean, that's the kind of perfect thing that if if a boy is like about to lose it or something, and and you just start like randomly singing that song. I mean, I've done stuff like that, just yeah, off the wall. I've weird heard story, stuff. Yeah, you and your. The story that I remember of you uh-huh. with diversion techniques yeah. is <laughs> like somebody, like these two girls were fighting. This was probably back at Henry Clay or something when you were mm-hmm. a high school teacher. But these two like high school girls were fighting or something and you were just, in order to break it up, like you didn't want to get in the middle of it maybe, but you just yeah, wanted to be... Yeah, that's the worst fight to get in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, like cat fights and hair mm-hmm. pulls and all that stuff. But yeah. you just like screamed at the top of your lung or something and everyone was just like something to divert the attention to like well i got a garbage can okay and i went out i was just banging it was a metal garbage can that i had in my (laughs) room and i just went i was like bang bang and just waving my arms and screaming and telling everyone to you know skedaddle and everything so it was just so shocking to everyone it actually worked they were like what who is this guy you know interesting that's such a lame (laughs) bit of things to do i mean (laughs) i mean you gotta, you gotta, did Fred, you gotta did, rock with, roll with what you have. Did Freddie, uh, did you see Freddie yeah. do something like that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the okay. shock value, so you, the shock treatment. Oh, yeah, Freddie's, so. Freddie's all about the shock value. So let's, let's bring this kind of back around to, like, parenting techniques. Like, say someone's at home, they're struggling, you know, with, and it's just, it's heavy all the time. It's always, there's just fighting, there's constant mm-hmm. friction, there's, there's no movement, it's just apathy and, and anger and lethargy and you know how do you come at that situation with humor i mean it's fine enough to say sit down and watch nacho libre or make a joke at it but if when you're living yeah. in that situation how do you then use humor in a practical way yeah 
Well, first thing is, like we mentioned, just you got to get to a point where you you can't take things so seriously. You got to figure out how to lighten up and be able to. We talk about like giving back to the boys, like try to connect on the levels that and get interested in things that they're interested in Mm -hmm. or figure out how you can speak their language and, and come back to them instead of you always, because like everything in your house, a lot of times it seems like you're always trying to get them to come up to your standards. They got to live under your roof. They got to come under your uh, yeah. authority and all that stuff is true you know yeah. it's a Whetstone's an elder driven community and yeah. they need to respect that but if it's completely what's the verse about exasperating your kids there's yeah, a point there exasperation yeah children. where you mm-hmm. just you're always hounding them you gotta do this you gotta do that they can't ever live up to those standards and there's no it gets to be where there's no life there mm-hmm. and you look at the going back to Nacho in the monastery look oh. at look at the boys it's like rules. they have all these rules 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 and they can't do this and nobody's happy right. there you know it's just like this is the worst no, it is forbidden <laughs> yeah <laughs> And and so the boys they get this drab food. They don't have any money for fresh ingredients, and mm-hmm. just it's all about rules and just trying to do what they want you to do. And yeah. you know, there's this scene where the boys end up fighting and, and doing what boys just being boys. Yeah. You know, and there's just laughing and cutting up and Wrestling. finally have a little bit of a <laughs> life. And Sister Encarnacion tries to shut it down. And then, you know, so, so I just, I say that to say there's got to be balance. Life is all about yeah. balance. And when it comes to our kids and, and meeting them where they're at, especially as they get into the teen years, they're just wanting the, you know, just that natural separation that happens, the autonomy that they're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. And you have to change a little bit of how you, your parenting you techniques. bend, but don't break. Right. Like a tree that's swaying in the wind. Yeah. They were so stuck in the ground and stood so erect and, and solid and firm, it would snap yeah. in the wind. Yeah. So it has, to, it has to have that flexibility. And, and you know, where that point is is, is different. We can't really coach, yeah. tell you where that is in your relationship. But we do know that there has to be some bend, some give, and some take. And Yeah, and that bend often is, mm-hmm. is humor. It's just yeah. not lightening up. Not yeah. taking yourself too seriously. Go do something that yeah. is just that allows those relationships to um, or that that humor to happen. Whether it's mm-hmm. a movie or you know you go watch some Tim Hawkins together or you know yeah. somebody. Everybody's got a comedian that they like right. to listen to, and obviously there's. Well, it's a. I think there's a like a shared experience. Like humor grows out of shared experience. Yeah. We went, we went on an adventure week together. Yeah. You know, and we had this experience and for us, it's funny. It might not be funny to anyone else. You know, you had to be there. One of those things, but most humor is that way. If you don't, if you don't connect with the person that you're laughing with, Oh yeah. It's not, it's not as funny. So find those connection points with, with your, your son or your daughter, have some experiences and and then that humor will grow out naturally from from the experience. Yeah. And they'll come to respect that mm-hmm. they'll they'll understand that that you're it may be awkward because you're in uncomfortable territory, but just the fact that you're making that effort, yeah. they're gonna see that and they're gonna recognize that and appreciate that. Yeah. And then 
you know, be able, there's, it creates more life. It's not as rigid, you know, it's yeah. just something that is, um, well, again, going back to the movie, it's like Nacho fights with this rigidity of the monastery mm-hmm. and in this passion that he has for, for wrestling. And sometimes it takes us, you know, there's that scene where he's praying in the temple or he praying in the, the chapel. And he's like, God, why did you give me this desire to wrestle, but make me such a stinky warrior? <laughs> and his, his robe catches on fire and smells like, that's what, smells I like smell, burning cookies. I smell cookies. <laughs> cookies. So he just starts running out. And then like all of a sudden he's just, you know, all his wrestling gear is exposed and like, uh, uh-huh. It's all laid out there now. He's right. like, he's the wrestler. He's Nacho. Drops his head. He drops his you head, but me. then Nacho! <laughs> you know, he just owns it. it he's like, me. all right, it's, <laughs> yes, it's through. I am Nacho. <laughs> so I guess my point in saying that is it just being honest. Once, once, you know, we like to try to cover things up and we try to put this, I don't know, this structure in there. And that's sometimes a falsified structure just to try to maintain that authoritarian figure. But if we can just be more real with our mm-hmm. kids, maybe be more vulnerable and, and again, right. come come at them, try some different things. And if they see that we're real and sometimes it takes us being exposed in different ways, then right. there's some freedom in that. And then it gives us better opportunities to uh, to be relational with and, and just be real with and and don't be afraid to laugh at yourself you know yeah. you mentioned not taking yourself too seriously um, which it kind of goes along with that like one thing that you know my my daughter is is teenager now she's sixteen so we're we're in the middle of oh, some you're of this in the stuff thick with, of it. yeah yeah with with her um, but one thing that's kind of worked for us is um, she's gotten her she and her friends have gotten to they latched on to my name, which is an unusual name, Axel, right. to begin with, right? Sure. It's always been a kind of a good thing for me over the years. Axel Foley, Axel F. When I was in junior high, Axel right. Rose. Until they get to your last name. And then yeah, the last name's a whole other story. But <laughs> the first name was always really cool, and it seems like it's becoming more popular again. The name Axel. I don't huh. know if you've right. you yeah. know, some characters on TV shows, and I've I've known people, right. you know, um, name their kids Axel and everything, but. Uh, <laughs> They heard, uh, they heard my my wife calling me in the background. Her friends when they called me on the phone, and she was like, "Axel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Axel, I need you to like empty the trash." Or Axel, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> so they've gotten to calling me Axel. So oh, when I man. when I walk by them in church, Axel. they're like, "Axel." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm no, I could mind. say, "How dare you? Mm-hmm. I'm Mister Limada. You know, you will address me by my." My surname. Quit being disrespectful. Dude, being disrespectful. And, uh, you know, as a, the teacher in me kind of is tempted to do right. that because I can't... Like, if that happened in school, I would have to draw a line. I'd have to say, no, my name's Mr. Limita. Right. Here's how to pronounce it. I know it's difficult. You know, you can call me whatever you want outside of <laughs> class. Yeah. And I'm sure, they, I'm sure they have. And they do. But, um, but with your kids, it's different. And your kids' friends, it's different. You can be a little more flexible with that kind of thing and... Yeah. You certainly do have to sometimes let them know that they've crossed a line. Yeah. And uh do that in a, a firm but hopefully loving way. Yeah. But. No, that's that's a very 
you know, the lines of you don't want to be a friend. Your kids mm-hmm. don't need another friend. So right. it's not, we're not talking about being friends on that level with your, your kids. Um, that's a different discussion, but it is being able to, but yeah, just relate with them and try to find different techniques. Be creative with your, yeah. your parenting. You have to be flexible. Um, every kid's different. Obviously, I got six, and uh, they're all different. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. You know, God made them all mm-hmm. with different personalities and made them the way that they are, and you have to be able to treat them differently. Well, you know, and, and not only are they different, but they're, they, as they get older, they get different. Mm-hmm. So you have differences kind of compounding on each other. We talked, I think it was the last, it was the first episode we talked about how when they're young, you can parent them one way, and they get older, right. you parent them another way. Like, yeah. You know the 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 types of things you make you do to make your two year old laugh are very different than the things you do to make your sixteen year old laugh. And dad jokes might work for a ten year old, but they they may distance you from the sixteen year old. So draw a few sighs. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's literally nothing more humbling in life than having a teenager to realize that you're not nearly as cool as you thought you were. Right. You know, I, you live under the illusion that you're a pretty cool person <laughs> until you get a teenager. Yeah, And then know. it is made, like, disturbingly real how uncool you are. And thanks to you, the other day, you were like, how many teenagers are you going to have at once when it happens? <laughs> I'm like... Uh, Do the math. Yeah, so... <laughs> Carry the one. Down the road, uh, <laughs> I will have four, at least four teenagers. Right. Um, so... I heard I'll try to uh, I'll try to learn by watching you. I, <laughs> I learn from my mistakes. I heard a, I saw an interview with Hugh Jackman. Oh, well, yeah. Hugh Hugh Jackman, not Hugh Jackman. Huge, huge, Hugh Jackman, and he was talking about how his teenagers thought he was uncool, and that he was like struggling through the same. And that kind of was, like yeah. gave me a different perspective. I was like, well, man, if even Hugh Jackman is not at all impressive to his teenage children. Right. I have n- I have no chance. Yeah. Right. So you just just no own chance. it and figure it out. Figure out what you got to figure out and figure and it out. And then figure it out. Well, let me yeah. let's let's end with one last thought here on um, the use of sarcasm. Because that's mm. a type of humor that we use and it can be effective, but you know, be careful with when you're playing with fire. Because that's what you're playing with when you're using sarcasm with with a teenager. What would you, what would you say about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, uh, ooh, we need Matt Foster and we need uh-huh. uh, Gabe Newell. Yeah, and myself. That's probably the top three <laughs> king of sarcasms here at yeah. the ranch. So, yes, sarcasm you have to be very careful with. But I will say this, that sarcasm is a tool that I use a lot Mm -hmm. around here. But I use it when I have a relationship established. So that's the key is... Because, yes, most kids deal with sarcasm from their parents, and it's uh, 99% of the time in a negative light, condescending tone, and and like that. So it's uh, you have to be careful with it. But it can be really, it breaks, for me, it, it breaks the ice of what we're talking about, like in a serious situation. If I have a a kid who I have a relationship with and I can see that he's starting to be triggered by something, um, I can lighten the mood with mm-hmm. sarcasm to help him 
you know, the goal would just be like, eh, let's not take ourselves too seriously. I, I inject some sarcasm there right. in order to, you know, do like I said, just to try to break the ice. Let's put a, a pause before it gets to the next level. And then it could create a little bit of humor. And if the kid's sarcastic himself, then he'll give it back and we can kind of laugh about that and, and try to divert the situation. Right. So. Yeah, I, I would just uh, use a word of caution in my experience, um, like sarcasm literally means, I think the etymology of it is to, to tear the flesh. Right. So it's different. Like satire is a type of former that's meant to reform or point, point to folly in order to make people see the light and maybe change. Whereas sarcasm has a, a connotation, which is more, more cruel. Yeah. Like I'm being sarcastic to, to hurt you. And, and get some laughs, but I'm, I'm getting laughs at your expense, right? You're not benefiting from this. Right. I'm, I'm literally causing you pain. Which, if you have a relationship with someone, that's okay. I can come up to you and say, hey, Brandon, punch you in the arm. And that's a, a type of affection, even though it might call me, cause me a little bit of pain, yeah. a little bit of harm. Yeah. You're not going like, to you know, lay into me and hit me in the face and laugh and think, ha, ah, you know, like a dumb and dumber when he throws a snowball snow right into her face. It's like, that's not funny. That's like, he takes the stick to the back the of his legs when he walks yeah, in the right. door. In the suits, yeah. the orange and the blue suits. Oh, man. So be very, very careful because sarcasm is going to cause a certain amount of pain. Yeah. And if you think the relationship can can withstand the pain and on some kind of ironic level draw you closer together because we can handle it our relationship is strong enough to where it can handle a little bit of that yeah iron sharpens iron for example you know that yeah. that verse sometimes is can be misused to yeah. say well i can just i'm just keeping it real keeping it a hundred here and yeah. i'm just gonna you know no cap i'm gonna use a some slang which my daughter is cringing huh. right now that i even what thought about no cap no cap it just means i'm giving it to you you know without any filter it's just this is the the truth. There's always a new, yeah. Yeah. Like literally right now she's embarrassed, even though she doesn't know that I, that I use that word. She won't like, admit that she's going to listen to Her this. spider senses are like, oh my goodness, dad, you cannot use that word. Like she watch told me, me I couldn't use, watch me. Uh, she told me I couldn't use the word, what was it? Bet. Oh, bet. Which I, like my generation like created that term. Exactly. Like bet. Like you'll, you'll bet. Yeah. You know. She's like, no, you can't use that. I'm like, I, I you said bet. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. That's exactly it. So, but this is the kind of thing I'm talking about with teenagers. Is there's there's yeah. a, an element of absurdity uh, in in the relationship which which evolves, which which had to evolve in order for them to separate yeah. from you. Yeah. Like I I like to say it's it's sad that my kids are growing up. There's a, a kind of bittersweetness to it, but it would be more sad if they didn't grow up. Right. So you have to let them grow up. You have to let them push back. Um, and you have to be okay with that and not, uh, you know, think the end of the world is coming and overreact. Yeah. This is temptation. It's a, it, going back to the balance thing. It's a healthy balance of all of that. No accepting, again, flexing with, uh, the seasons, you know, this is a different season. Your daughter is, uh, your second daughter mm -hmm. is now a teenager. And 
just accepting those things and being able to, again, even find humor in that, you Mm -hmm. know, talking about she's serious about you not using that word, but there's different ways of satire. Mm -hmm. I I like the word satire as opposed to, I mean, sarcasm is more deep cutting, Mm -hmm. probably be more satirical with how... I know the, what I was talking about. We use the word facetious, facetious might be a little less yeah, strong. It's like, yeah, just laughing about even something as simple as that. That it's like, hey, do you know how many boys I've worked with at at the ranch that have used the word bet before <laughs> you even knew what the word even was? And it's just, I don't know, you can just laugh about some of those things. But it goes to you know, them trying to, again, separate from you. They want to separate from from us and find their own way and if we're using the same jargon then it infringes on some of that and mm-hmm. there's just some of the that friction there the yeah the tension you know you gotta live you gotta live in the tension sometimes yeah. well <clears throat> this has been fun brandon yes laughing together we we uh really hope you've been able to laugh along with us um and uh, I, I apologize for the the song i don't know i mean it just it came out it came out i mean i i was impressed i mean you may have actually been on pitch i'd like to go back and like maybe we can auto-tune it in the editing process (laughs) yeah but be honest if you're still listening at this point you should get we should send you a hat or something some whetstone swag i survived yeah you should send us some comments or something and say listen i listened to it all send me something so well, um, thanks again for listening. Um, leave some comments, if you could, uh, in uh, wherever you leave those comments. We're still learning about this whole process. Yep. But I know that comments are good and that sharing is good and uh, that the more you can let people know that this podcast is out there and that it's a resource and, um, and tell other people about it, uh, we, we would really appreciate that and think it will be helpful to people. Yeah. So, Your skills. Bet. Plus my skills Bet. in the ring. That's tag team. Tag team. <laughs> oh, yeah, get one more in. So, yeah. All right. Adios. It. Bye. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16 year old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men, allowing God to work through us as iron sharpens iron. Please contact us at whetstoneboysranch.com if you or anyone you know has run out of options for their son. Thanks for listening to A Time to Sharpen, and we'll see you next time.